for many of us, the plants that we lost in this past freeze were literally plants that we started right after Christmas. These were plants that we have been babying in a greenhouse for months. Plants that we could not wait to get outside and get in the ground. Plants that we had been looking so forward to planting to see all of our hard work come to life. Plants that cannot be replaced. They can't be bought in a nursery. These were plants, varieties that we chose because we wanted to do something different. So believe me, I get it. I am with you on this. But I don't want us to stay stuck here. I'm going to give you some very, very practical steps today of what you're going to be able to do starting right now today. Hey, Zone 9 Gardener, did you know that you can harvest year-round where you live? In the Wild Child Garden, we harvest beautiful vegetables and herbs 52 weeks a year. There's no need for cover crops, never a time when we can't plant something, and there's always room to add beauty. I'm Kelly Johnson, founder and creator of Wild Child Kitchen Gardens, and I'm going to show you how to turn your garden into a wild child garden on the Wild Child Kitchen Gardening Podcast. How are you doing today? Today, we are talking about the late freeze that we just experienced and what we can do now to be able to sort of make our way back to where we want to be. What a week this has been. We went from 70 degrees to 27 degrees back up to the 80s. Guys, it's insane. How are we supposed to keep up? Today, I'm hoping to just help you feel better. Going to go through a couple of things with you today that should hopefully give you some direction, which is really what I want to do. And in doing that, I hope I can encourage you to just adopt a phrase that we use so often inside the Wild Child Kitchen Gardening Communities. I'm going to share that phrase with you too today because it's really, really important that we sort of get established in our thinking, guys. That's what I really want you to see here is that with everything that we are doing, we have to see this sort of as like, you know what? It's okay, right? Like we're going to be okay. This is not real problems, which is what my sister-in-law always tells me. She's like, this is not real problems. For many of us, the plants that we lost in this past freeze were literally plants that we started right after Christmas. These were plants that we have been babying in a greenhouse for months. Plants that we could not wait to get outside and get in the ground. Plants that we had been looking so forward to planting to see all of our hard work come to life. Plants that cannot be replaced. They can't be bought in a nursery. These were plants, varieties that we chose because we wanted to do something different. So believe me, I get it. I am with you on this. But I don't want us to stay stuck here. I'm going to give you some very, very practical steps today of what you're going to be able to do starting right now today. So the first thing I want you to do, no matter what's happened in your garden, no matter if everything survived, 
no matter if nothing survived, okay? No matter what. I want you to adopt a concept with me. This is a concept that we use constantly inside of the Wild Child Kitchen Garden communities, in the Garden Club and in the Kitchen Garden Academy. We talk about this concept so much. Okay, are you ready for it? That's gardening, okay? <laughs> Very simple, right? That's gardening. When you start to see your garden, as our community manager, Lindsay, says, is one big experiment, when you start to see your garden like that, we're experimenting, right? Several people inside of the garden club said on Friday night, we were all covering, they said, we're about to see how tough these babies are because I'm not home and I don't have time. It's an experiment, right? Some of their stuff actually made it. It's an experiment. What we're doing is we are trying as best we can to do as much as we can with what we have. And we're trying to get the most out of what we have in the easiest way and quickest amount of time. Yes to all of those things. But at the end of the day, it is just an experiment, right? And when we see it like that, we can sort of, I don't know, let go of things a little bit better. We can sort of brace ourselves for what is going to happen, which guess what, guys? You already know this. I don't need to tell you this. Gardening is not perfect. Nature is not perfect. It's never going to be perfect. So we might as well go ahead and wrap our heads around that. And we might as well just sort of understand that that's gardening, right? You win some and you lose some. When you see it like that, we're just growing, we're just learning, we're just experimenting. Everything else seems to not be so heavy. This doesn't mean anything about you as a gardener. Nothing. This means we had a freeze that was way colder than it should have been for the time of year it was, way later than it should have been for the time of year it was, and way longer than it should have been for the time of year it was. Do you know that? Did you watch your weather app? Did you see that for many of us, our gardens were below freezing starting at midnight or 1 a.m. on Monday night? That's six, seven, eight hours of frost and freeze on vegetables that can't handle below 40. That's gardening. What I think you're going to find as the season goes on and we start to see the repercussions of things so much bigger than us, you're going to start seeing things like this. It was a bad year for citrus. It was a bad year for strawberries. Those are the things you're going to start seeing. Why? Because industrial farms, commercial farms, they don't have the ability to cover and heat and do all the things that a home gardener does. It's a bad year when something like this happens. You're not alone. This is not because you're a bad gardener. This doesn't have anything to do with your green thumb. Absolutely nothing. Don't make it about that. Remind yourself that you can't pick if you don't plant. Remind yourself that when we plant early, we can harvest early. Remind yourself that your garden is just a big experiment. And that, that's gardening. This happens. This is how it goes. Okay?
So hopefully that has at least made you feel a little bit better. And what I want to do now is talk to you about how you covered. That's going to give you a lot of indication of where you're sort of at with your garden right now. So let's talk about your temperatures and what you did in that moment. If your temperatures got below 36 degrees, you needed some sort of protection on your plants. So whether that was a sheet, a blanket, a sleeping bag, a frost cloth, Whatever it was, it needed to be, your plants needed to be protected at 36 degrees. At 32 degrees, your plants needed to be protected both with that frost cloth and then a layer of plastic on top to protect the moisture content, right? We needed to let that heat in and keep that moisture out. So that plastic layer does that so, so well. So you needed to add that plastic layer. Below 32 degrees, you had to have lights, you had to have heat, you had to be able to generate heat. That's because with a frost cloth and a plastic layer, you're only going to get about 8 or 10 degrees. That's it at the most. So if you've got 8 degrees and you're at 30, you're at 38. That's teetering, right? But you get into those 20s, it's not enough. You have to add light. You have to add heat because there's no more heat to be found underneath the covers. You've got to add it. Okay, so let's start there. If you were not using frost cloths or you didn't use sheets, you used shower curtains or whatever that you had, look, you're learning. I can't tell you how many times that's exactly what I did. So you're learning and now you're seeing, okay, that didn't work. Now we need to write that in our garden journals. That's the very first thing you need to do after you remind yourself that this is just gardening, that this does not make you a bad gardener, and that this is one big experiment. Once you get to that point, then you are going to jot all of this down in your garden journal. You need to have a record of this, a record that says, this is what my temperature was. This is what I did. Inside the Wild Child Garden Club, we started a whole thread and it's called early spring, late freeze. Tell us your stats. And literally we've got my low was this predicted. My low was this in my garden. My low was this under my covers. This is what I covered with. This is what happened. And from now on, we're going to be able to always go back to that thread and we're going to be able to see what everybody did, whether it worked or whether it didn't. Why? Because we are learning. So important that we learn, you guys. If we're not growing ourselves as gardeners, this is just all not even really that much fun. We want to keep learning. We want to keep building our confidence. And we want to harvest vegetables, of course. But we want to keep learning, keep growing as gardeners. That's so important. So you want to jot all of this down inside of your garden journal. You also want to remember that sometimes there's blessings in disguise. Okay? Sometimes you really can enjoy the lemonade that came from those lemons. What I want you to do next is I want you to look at this as a second chance. So if you lost everything, if your garden was wiped out, I want you to see this as a second chance. You might have needed a second chance and you didn't even know it, right? Maybe you came in and you didn't plant your tomatoes deep at all. In fact, you just put them pot depth in your soil. 
This is your second chance. Your tomatoes need to be planted deep, deep so that they can hold and support all of that fruit that they're going to produce for you. You only want the top set of branches sticking up. So you just want about four to six inches out the soil. It's your second chance. Maybe you did not plant your squash or zucchini far enough apart. This is your second chance. Maybe you didn't plant uh, varieties that you even actually liked. Maybe you didn't dig in to really companion planting or you don't even really know why you chose what you chose. You just threw it in there because you had it. It was on sale at the nursery. This is your second chance. Look at it like that. If you have never focused on your soil before, if you've never actually looked at your soil, had your soil tested, determined whether or not your soil was in tip-top shape and where it needed to be in order for you to have a thriving, productive garden, this is your chance. Test your soil before you replant. So important, guys. If you need help with your soil, or if you're like, I know my soil is not right, but I don't know what to do. My Wild Child Soil Building course is live. It is out there for you. It is single-handedly the biggest, best investment you could put into your garden right now. When you get your soil right, everything else does infinitely better. In this soil building course, I'm going to teach you our proven wild child soil building recipe. I'm going to show you why soil is not dirt, why how they're different, and how chances are you're growing in dirt. It, the problem is, is that dirt's what's behind the washing machine, and you're trying to grow plants in it. Soil and dirt are so different. Soil is everything. And so when we build our soil, when we focus on our soil, what we're actually doing is giving our garden better disease resistance, better pest resistance, more cold tolerance, and no weeds at all. We don't pick weeds in the Wild Child Garden Club. Not interested. That is what you need to do is invest in your soil. You're going to learn how to build compost, how to use worms. You're going to get a feeding schedule for the whole season to show you exactly what to do so that you can have plants that thrive. You can get all the information about the Wild Child Soil Building course at releaseyourinnerwildchild.com forward slash spring. Go there and check out all of our spring classes. We had our Tomato Growers Playbook class yesterday. So much fun. It's available. We've got melon classes and vertical gardening. So many great things. Go check that out. And you might find that actually this was turning out to be a pretty good deal because your soil was nowhere where it was supposed to be. This could be your second chance. And that is what you want. If you do not have soil that is ready for your plants, consider this a blessing, all right? And finally, the last thing I want you to think about is what you've got and what you can do next, right? That's why you're here. You wanna know, what is it that I should actually be doing? Like, what are my real first steps, my next steps? I get it, I totally get it. I wanna give them to you today. So here's how you know. How you know if you're done, if this plant is done, okay? If there's no bringing it back, then the first thing you're gonna notice is that the biggest, most obvious thing you're gonna notice is that the plant's completely gone. I've had that happen before, where I go out and I try to check on things and they're just gone. When the plant is gone, the plant is gone, okay? That's that. We're not gonna be able to bring it back. We are going to need to start over at that point. 
So if the plant's completely gone, you need to accept that. See it as for what it is. This was one big experiment. That's gardening. This is my second chance. Here I go. Number two, if the stalk is mush, this is a big one. And this is hard because sometimes the stalk will be mush and the leaves will not be terrible, right? You'll be able to see a little glimpse of hope. If your stalk is mush, when you squeeze that stalk, it should be nice and firm. If it is not, you need to replace. Here's why. It's never going to do anything. Your plant is going to try. It's wired in its DNA, guys. It is wired to grow. It's going to keep trying. It's going to try. It's going to try. It's going to try, but it's not going to ever do anything. And a stunted plant, hear me out, a stunted plant always causes problems. Always. So a stunted plant is going to see more disease. A stunted plant is going to see more pests because it's always overworking. Funny, isn't it? How our plants are so much like us. That's exactly what happens. They constantly are overworking to try to repair. And what ends up happening is they can't grow because of it. So a stunted plant is never going to be an overperformer for you. It's never going to be an overproducer. We want to go ahead and get it out of there. We're still in time. Guys, you're a whole two weeks ahead of the Good Friday crowd. You're still ahead of the game in some people's minds, right? And listen, as my daddy would say, the pecan trees are not budding. So the chance of us getting another cold snap in my mind are pretty possible. I think we're probably going to see something else come about. So I say that to say, you're still fine. You're still fine. The mushy stalks are going to be a problem. Get them out now. Get something else in. Now you know how to better cover. You're more prepared. You're ready. You probably need to fix your soil, but you're going to do that. I know. And then you can grow a plant that's healthy with you from the beginning. The third thing that you might be seeing out there on your plants is that they're they're really not dead. They're just damaged. Have you seen that? Some of you may be seeing that. You've got a nice firm stalk. So we know right there, we don't have to just give up on it. You've got a nice firm stalk, but you do have missing leaves, mushy leaves, uh, crunchy leaves. It just doesn't look healthy, right? This is going to be one of those plants we're going to give through the weekend. That's what I always say. You're going to get through the weekend. Whether it's a Thursday or a Monday, I'm going to give them to the weekend. And I always say that. And then at the end of the weekend, I go in and I look. And then I make hard decisions. Everybody come back to me. If you're talking to someone else, pay attention. This is important. We have to make some hard decisions here. At Wild Child Kitchen Gardens, we say we grow gardeners. And we grow gardeners by being a little bit of Martha Stewart and a whole lot of Snoop Dogg, all right? When you blend those two together, you get the most unlikely pair, but it's literal garden perfection. You have to be a little bit of Martha Stewart because you want to love on your plants. You want to take care of your plants. You want your garden to be beautiful, but you gotta be more Snoop Dogg. You've gotta be willing to say, you're out of here. I'm sorry, I love you, I thank you for your service. To the compost, you go. These hard decisions are going to be what gets you the harvest that you want. These hard decisions, you are going to literally 
be so thankful for in June or July. What I want you to understand is that when you are too much Martha, you spend your entire season babying plants that you should have removed, but you baby them and you baby them and you baby them. And then you know what you do? You know what you do in June? In June, you come to my do-over boot camp, which is June, y'all. It's the first week of June. You come to my do-over boot camp and you say, I didn't get any tomatoes off of this plant. I don't know what I did wrong. And this year, I'm going to ask you, did you have tomato damage in that freeze um, back in March? Did you see any damage? And you're going to say, I did. I did. I actually left it there because it had a little bit of new growth. Guys, we have been there. I have been there. I have been there. Make those tough decisions right now. And your June harvest and self is going to thank you so much for it. Now, there's one category here that we haven't talked about yet. So we know if the plant is completely gone, that's it. We're going to replant. We also know if our stalks are mushy, we're going to replant. And we know that if we've got a nice firm stalk, but we've got a little bit of damage or even a lot of damage somewhere, we're going to give it through the weekend. If we don't see a ton of improvement and a lot of new growth, it's going to be gone too. This last category is tricky. And I want to talk about it because I want you to know what you're dealing with. This last category is the mad plants. These are the dramatic plants. Okay. These plants are making it really hard to tell what their damage actually is. You know, are they really damaged or are they just mad that they got cold? You know, you've heard the saying mad is a wet hen. Well, if you raise chickens like I do and you've ever tried to bring them in because you've also heard the saying not enough sense to come out the rain. Chickens are both of those things. They don't have the sense to come out the rain and then they're mad as wet hens when they don't come out the rain. In my backyard, when I try to get them in because it's raining, they're so mad at me. Number one, their feathers are all wet. And so they look like they are just one step away from death. Number two, they're all puffed up so you can see their skin through their feathers. This is a long story, but I'm just saying they look way worse than they actually are. And if they would just do what I'm asking them to do, they could be better in no time. That's the plants we're talking about. That's the ones. These are the guys that are slumped over. They're not broken, no broken stalks. If you have a broken stalk, you're, that's it. We have to throw him out. He's not broken. He's slumped. His leaves are droopy. He's mad. Didn't want to get cold, right? Doesn't like the cold weather. Mad. These guys are typically going to be okay. We're going to give them through the weekend. And here's the thing. We're going to give them through the weekend. And then they're going to be gone if they can't shape up right? If they can't shape up, they're shipping out, right? We got to give them through the weekend because we want to give them a chance to do the right thing. They're like our children. We want to give them the chance to do the right thing, but they're going to get through the weekend. And if they can't get that attitude in check, they gone. In the Wild Child Garden Club, we grow some very fun cherry and grape tomatoes. But let me tell you, their names are Barry and Brad. Um, they're two amazing varieties if you can get them to the summer. But right now, they are wimps, I'm telling y'all. And we are just fighting with them every single day. 
We want them to do the right thing because we know what they're capable of, but you can only do so much. Like if you're not going to do the right thing, if you cannot get your act together, you're going to have to go. So these are the plants you're really watching closely. These and the ones that have some damage. You're watching them closely because you want to know, are they mad or are they damaged? right? If they have some freeze damage that is not super, super terrible, they can look a whole lot better than they are. But the outcome, you guys, for June is going to be the same. You're still going to harvest less. You're still going to fight with the pest on him. You're still going to deal with disease on him. So what you want to do is watch it through the weekend and then see if he has gotten his act together. If he is not, you're going to take him right out. And that's going to be it. To be a wild child gardener, you've got to be a little gangster. And so that's what's going to happen. You're going to take out everything that you know is no good. Anything with a mushy stalk. Everybody else that does not fit into those categories, you are going to go out there this afternoon. You're going to feed them really, really well with a good liquid fertilizer like a fish emulsion. And while you're feeding them, you're also going to tell them how strong they are and how much you appreciate them and how good you're going to be to them all summer long. We just want them to keep growing. Did you know that there are studies that have been done and you can actually Google it? There are studies that have been done where people talk to plants and depending on how the plant is talked to, it does different things. It perks up, it droops down. Our vibrational energy and the energy and the magnetism that we are putting forth out into the, the world and to our plants always has effects in life and in every aspect of life. And I want you to get out there, turn that music on, Sing to your plants. Tell your plants what a great job they're doing. Give them a great, great drenching of food. And let's see what they do. We're going to give them the chance to show us what they're made of. But at the end of the day, remember this. We plant the seed, but God gives the increase. If you have not learned one thing this week from your garden, let it be that your garden is humbling. That garden reminds us constantly that we are not really in control of much. We actually are totally out of control. We can only do what we can do, and we depend on God to give the increase. Our job is not to give the increase. Our job is to plant the seed, and that is what we're going to do. We're going to look at everything we're going to assess through the weekend. We're going to decide who gets to stay and who gets to go. We're going to jot it all down in our garden journal so that we remember for next time so that we can go back and see what the lowest temperature we got and how our garden did. We're going to remind ourselves that it's just gardening. This is just what happens when you garden. Everything's just an experiment. It's not anything directed at us. It doesn't mean anything about us. And finally, we are going to just keep planting. Just keep planting. That is what we're going to do. I want you to really, really see that here today. And I want you to also remember that 
even if everything is going to have to go this weekend, even if, let's just say worst case scenario, you're getting a second chance at a garden when it's really the perfect time to plant. So if you planted early and it didn't work out, you're still on time. You're not late. You are not hindering anything. You can plant again, which is another reason why we always plant early. We don't want to plant and then have to replant at a time that's not good for them. And I don't know why I didn't think about this. You can trim off the damage. Like you don't have to wait until the end of the weekend to see what they do with or without the damage. You can absolutely trim the damage for sure. Okay, y'all. So here's what your homework is. You're going to give everybody through the weekend. You're also going to document the freeze in your garden journal so that you know for next year. You're going to be looking to see who needs to be snooped out there. And you're going to get the guts together to do it at the end of the weekend. And you're going to feed everybody and you're going to sing to everybody and you're going to thank them so much for how hard they have worked over the last few days. And you are going to garden on. You are going to keep growing. You are going to keep doing all the things and you are going to be amazed at how much you grow. Thank you guys so much. And I cannot wait to see all your gardens grow. Have a great afternoon and I'll see you next time. Thank you so much for joining me here today on the Wild Child Kitchen Gardening Podcast. I hope today's episode has inspired you to get outdoors and release your inner wild child. I know that when you do, you will heal your soul. Until next time, keep growing and find out more about Wild Child Kitchen Gardens at www.releaseyourinnerwildchild.com. Thank you so much again for joining me and I will see you right back here next time.